0: Grace, kids, you are not the warm-up um, challenge for you. Why don't you stick around, see if you can uh, see if you can handle the next twenty-five minutes? See so how it goes. Uh, when you read the Bible, do you really read it? I mean, do you really read it? You read it as God's word. Do you do you search through it and and look for life and truth or do you just read it like any other book? Do you, when someone comes and tells you about Jesus and the kingdom of God and its message, do you, do you look to receive it gladly or are you maybe a little bit cynical? Are you a bit guarded when somebody is trying to tell you something like that? Well, today's parable in our series, The Greater Story, is called The Parable of the Sore. Or the parable of the soils. And we're going to ask one question off the back of this. One very simple question. And so as we listen to this together, as we explore God's word together, as hopefully we search for the life and the truth that we have here in Matthew 13 that we're about to open up. Will you ask this question of yourself? How am I currently receiving the message of the kingdom of God. How are you receiving it? Are you just reading it? Are you just listening? Or are you really searching, looking for the truth? Okay, to help us understand the parable on first read, I'm going to let us cheat, okay? So I'm going to tell you what is what, who is who, okay? So the seed that is being spread by the farmer the gardener, if you like, is the kingdom of God, the message of the kingdom of God. The one who is spreading it, well, that is Jesus. And actually, it's also his messengers, those who go and bring the good news like he has brought. And then, the soil is our hearts. And there are four different types of soil. And we want to work out where is, where is our heart in this story. Okay, here comes Cameron, one of our wonderful students, and he's going to read the Word of God for us now.
1: Hi, Uh, my name's Cameron, and uh, today I'm going to be reading from Matthew 13 from the NIV, and uh, I'm going to go from verse 1 to the end of 9, and then skip just to 18 to the end of 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. And they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces the crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for this parable, that your word made clear through it. I pray that we would have open hearts, that we ourselves would be good soil, um, that you would plant the seed of your word in us through what it brings today. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Cameron. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Now, before I talk about these soils, let me quickly address those of you who have just started scrolling again. Yes, you. Because you have maybe thought, ah, well, this isn't really for me. I've already received the kingdom of God. Uh, This is for people who don't know Jesus yet, who haven't received received the kingdom. I just want to stop you there and say, no, no, I think Jesus is not only speaking to people who have received the kingdom of God uh, or haven't received the kingdom of God already, but those who have already received it and asking the question, how fertile is your heart right now to be continuing to receive the kingdom of God? And so actually, if you have just started scrolling, well, maybe that's a sign that you need to listen. The kingdom of God is continually bringing this glorious message to us as Jesus the king speaks. So, if that's you, can I encourage you, keep listening. The first soil is a hard path. Some people are so hard-hearted that they have no room in their hearts for God at all. Now, if that's you and by some miracle you are still listening and you caught that, then let me just say to you that Satan has been using the world's distractions to shape your heart. And he's shaped it into such a hard ground that when God speaks, there is nowhere for the word to germinate. It just sits on the top. Your heart has become like George Square at 8 a.m. on a pre-COVID rush hour Monday morning. Everyone is rushing around, and what began as just maybe a a little path in the middle of a field in this dear green place has been trampled down, and gravel has been added, and then uh, maybe some bricks added instead, and then it was paved, and then it became concrete. And now it is this solid place with nowhere to penetrate. And actually, if you were walking across George Square at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning, perhaps you wouldn't even have noticed but there's a lady there, the, the crazy bird lady, and she's spreading some seed. And uh, you only notice, because some of it got on your business like, "I'm ready for the day shoes," and it annoyed you. Get off. And you wouldn't have noticed the preacher who was stood on his box, preaching, foaming about repentance, if it wasn't for his annoying crackly speaker. But that morning, no one has any room in their hearts. The passerby has no room in their hearts. It's too hard to receive the kingdom of God just in the same way that that ground is not going to be fertile for those seed to grow up, to shoot up, to germinate. And then the pigeons eat them all up, or Satan comes and steals, devours any of the gospel seed that's landed on the hearts of the passers-by. The seed that falls on the rocky path is interpreted in the King James Version, uh, verse 4, like this. Some uh, Some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. That, of course, is where we get the phrase, fell by the wayside. We use that phrase to mean that people didn't last. They started, but they didn't last. But actually, the original meaning here is not that. It was that the potential of the kingdom of God landed upon someone, on their heart, and then, instead of starting at all, it wasn't realized, and it was discarded, devoured, gone. Are you just going to let the kingdom potential sit On you before you're robbed. Now, you're hard ground. So, if you want to do anything about that, you're going to need help. You're just ground. So, pray to the gardener, pray to the farmer. Ask him to show you a true and better kingdom than the world that has just given you false promise after false promise. Then ask the gardener to get his trowel in there, to dig you up with whatever he's got to dig you up with, even if that is really painful. And it probably will be. As he digs in to all the things you've held on to so tightly, but let me promise you this, it will be worth it. Those who have ears, let them hear. Receive the love of the king, receive the kingdom message. The second soil is rocky ground. In March last year, I was that excitable person who um, set my alarm for daily exercise and baking bread and Bojo's announcements and um, even pots and pans. On a Thursday night, I was out there. But now, needless to say, I'm not doing any of those things. I'm particularly not tuning in. Boris, sorry. Um, And... I'm certainly not setting my alarm um, to go and get the bread out of the oven. Sadly, some people's experience of faith looks much the same. When I first encountered Jesus and started following Jesus, some good friends of mine made commitments too. We were young, full of faith, we were excited, we were going to everything that we most possibly could in the church and conferences and uh, Christian bands who were playing. We were there, we were at it. And I saw my friends truly respond. They they would weep sometimes when they heard about the love of God. They would worship full-heartedly. I could see them going for it and singing loudly. They seemed on the surface to be on fire. But now, quite a few of those people have completely dropped away. Don't see them at anything. I know from speaking to them, sadly, they wouldn't say they follow Jesus. For each of them, I would start with one of two things. Number one, something new. Something new. A new girl on the scene. A new focus on passing exams to get them to uni. A new season ticket for Ibrox. Who would want a season ticket for Ibrox? Or, number two, the heat came on their faith. They get a slagging at school or later on in life, they prefer to be popular, they prefer to be wealthy, they prefer to have a different type of life than the one that God maybe is calling them to. Or someone close to them will get a bad diagnosis. Each time one was slowly burned up and disappeared, it was devastating. Maybe some of you are feeling the initial surge of your faith excitement is wearing off too. especially during lockdown you were genuinely excited for a while you made a commitment at a meeting maybe or when you were chatting to someone who knows Jesus and he prayed for you you believed for a while but your heart was only superficially open so there are stones in those hearts Big stones, rocky ground, and they need removed. But again, we're the soil. So what do we do? How do we get rid of them? We pray to the gardener. Ask him to show you the stones before you are burnt up. Then ask the gardener to remove them and get his trowel in there again. Just get, come on, Lord Jesus, we need you. Come and remove them. Again, it might be painful, but it'll be worth it. Those who have ears, let them hear. The third soil is thorny ground. This one is huge for us. As I was praying through this passage, I just really sensed God say to me, look, Ian, this is the one you need to focus on. This is the one that that everyone in the church needs to hear. So let's listen very carefully. Do not assume that you are the good soil when the state of the church in this country would suggest that many of us have conflicting uh, ideas and things going on in our lives that are pulling us away from the kingdom of God. These things are like thorns, says Jesus, literally crowding out the kingdom and stealing away all the nutrients we need. Jesus explicitly names two of them here, and that's so helpful. Worry and money, verse 22. So if this past 10 months has shown us anything, it's surely this, that we live in a world of worry and we have a tendency to get all doom and gloom and negative about everything. People have been worrying about health, about job security, the economy, mental health, freedoms being impinged, futures, travel restrictions. I could go on. And you know what? Some of these concerns are, are good concerns, concerns that we probably should have. But even though that is true, we must not allow our perspective to be so shifted and our focus to be so changed that what we don't see is these thorns are actually growing up around the kingdom of God in our hearts and they're competing Drowning out the most important message, the message of the kingdom of God. And what doesn't help is that the media keeps throwing plant feed on the thorns of our worries with this endless cycle of doom. As Christians, I would say that it's actually vital for us to have some of these things as concerns in our lives. But here's the key. We mustn't let these things become such a dominant force in our lives that they overcome our focus on the word of God, our focus on the kingdom, our focus on the king. When that happens, they grow up like thorns around us and slowly they stunt our growth, eventually choking us to death. We must not give away our heart's space and our heart's nourishment to thorns of worry instead of the kingdom of God. Whether you worry, your worries are apocalyptic on a massive scale or how you looked on your last Insta post, let the king show you how to view these things with the eyes of the kingdom. You see, it's not that we shouldn't be praying about these things or thinking about these things or putting things into action in response, but it's that we should never look at them in an isolated way. We should be looking at them with kingdom eyes, with the eyes of King Jesus. The second type of thorn that Jesus mentions is riches, wealth. The wealthy that Jesus' addresses here would not be regarded as wealthy today. Let's just start with that. We have come to expect a lot in the 21st century. A vast array of foods, heating in our homes, wardrobes full of clothes, uh, social interaction and knowledge on our fingertips all the time. We have so much. We even have international travel pre-COVID we did. But these things can dull our senses to the things of God. We expect these things all the time. They just become normal to us. We replace his comfort with duvets and Netflix. We substitute his love with porn and social media. We undereat from the bread of life and overeat on an unending supply of comfort food. We no longer search and long for the truth of God's word. We just Google search for a thin anecdote to plaster over our conscience. Real God-given life, eternal life, is dulled by the riches of a world that will just fade and spoil and die. John Steinbeck is arguably one of America's greatest ever writers, and most of the best-known novels that he wrote were actually written uh, with the backdrop to them being the great depression in the 1930s in america he wrote of mice and men and the grapes of wrath brilliant novels and so you might expect that if they were about this great depression and there was such a concern about economic collapse that he would have as a real high value that the strength of the of the economy that we would be wealthy that we would be rich Well, here's what he wrote in a letter to the presidential nominee Adlai Stevenson in 1960. A strange species we are. We can stand anything God and nature throw at us, save only plenty. If I wanted to destroy a nation, I would give it too much. And I would have it on its knees, miserable, greedy, sick. We may not see it creeping up beside us but riches and the addictive comforts they bring. Honestly, I feel this. If you don't feel this, I'm not sure you're seeing the kingdom of God. They often stunt, shrivel, and strangle our faith. Puritan Richard Baxter said this, when men prosper in the world, their minds are lifted up with their estates and they can hardly believe that they are so ill while they themselves feel so well. Ask yourself, am I changing? Am I making a difference to the people around me? Am I producing fruit of the kingdom of God? Is the love of Jesus increasingly seen in me? Or am I sick? Am I spiritually sick? and I don't even see it. Okay, we've got worries and riches in our lives, and they are stunting, but we're just the soil. So what do we do? We pray to the gardener. Ask him what riches are stunting your growth. Then I challenge you. Pray the most daring of prayers the gardener to remove whatever riches or whatever worries that have become thorns in your life. That will be painful, but it'll be worth it. Those who have ears, let them hear. The fourth soil is good soil. The final soil, the good soil, has been opened up. It's plowed, it's soft, and it's ready to receive the seed of the kingdom of gladly. Hearts that are ready and ripe and waiting to hear the word and understand it and produce a harvest. As you receive the kingdom with an open heart, it leads you to more and more crop producing, multiplying season after season. It becomes your nature. It's who you are. You might gladly receive the message to go and and find the strength one day as you hear that message, to strike up a, friend, a conversation with a friend. But then you, you do that, and, and you get a surge of faith for what God can do, and, and you think, okay, I, I want more of that. And, and, and then you, you hear that call to go again, and, and next time you meet with that friend, you don't just strike up the, a conversation about God. You, you then ask them, look, how could I pray for you? Or, or maybe you tell them the story of how God came into your life and then maybe you don't just ask them what you could pray for them next time the next time you go you say look can I pray for you now or or maybe you notice that they're struggling with something particular and you think I believe God could bring a miracle there let me let me just ask you would you like to be healed of this or would you would you like for God to come and do something extraordinary here and then with faith you pray you see how it multiplies and the kingdom of God is like that. We, we take steps of faith and we see the kingdom of God multiply in us. That is the kind of open-heartedness we want to receiving, from, to hear from God and to go and do what He's called us to do, and then we see it expand, multiply 160, 30 times more. That's our hope for each of us and for this city and why we have the logo we do. Is it possible to get the logo up? That would be okay. We receive the kingdom. It grows and it multiplies in and through us. See that? We, we've got a logo that represents that because we, we want for us to become people who are rooted so deeply... Uh, the kingdom of God in us, rooted so deeply in us, rooted so deeply in our city, that we become people who uh, others come to and see the fruit and they want to pick fruit from it and, and enjoy the kingdom of God, enjoy the glory of God, the wonder of God, the goodness of God. And, and, then, and then for them to then take it and go and, and see it expand and multiply again and again and again. So to understand here, is more than to have knowledge, but to receive the life of the living and growing kingdom of God and to have it bring fruitfulness in our lives and the lives of those around us. But remember, we're just the soil. We're just the soil. So if we want this, it's not about our effort. We need the gardener. The most effective thing that we can do here is to pray that the gardener would come and make us good soil. Will you pray with me now? that very prayer? We pray that God would come and do what is required for you to become good soil. As I do that, Stu's going to come up and start leading us in worship. Lord Jesus. Our great gardener, come Lord, we pray, would you remove the stones, would you remove the thorns, would you get in amongst us, Lord. Lord, we are, we are willing for you to come and remove whatever needs removed, no matter how painful. Lord, help us to really mean that prayer. Make our hearts good soil, Lord Jesus. Have the kingdom of God thrive in our hearts and let it not only change us, but change the people around us. Change the city, change this nation, change the world. Come, Lord Jesus, we know only you can do it, our great gardener, in your wonderful name.